Welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. All right, guys, we just sat down and had an awesome conversation. It was really long, so I'm going to split the conversation into two different episodes. You're going to get the first part here today. We actually talk through some really pretty deep stuff in this first part of the episode. And um, yeah, I get to share some of the current things that I'm struggling with, and maybe you guys can relate to. Uh, I know. Blake related to it. Chili did. Krista's really disciplined, so she didn't really relate to it. But essentially, we talk about how it's destructive when you reach a point that you do too much of what you want to do, right? And how things tend to pile up, and then you got to face that big pile of crap. And so how to overcome that. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, again, the second part of this conversation where we talk about how to overcome setbacks will come out on Sunday. I want to let you guys know this episode is brought to you by Exoskin. You guys have heard me talk about Exoskin for years. They were actually uh, the first partner that I ever had in ultra running. They supported me back when no one knew who Chad was as a runner, as an athlete, um, whatever it is that I am today. It was different back then. And they decided to support me on a race that I went out and ran in New Zealand called The Revenant. And I have absolutely just loved Exoskin since then. I've been using their products for, I guess, going on three years now. I've actually got a pair of Exoskin socks that are about three years old, and I still wear them. The stuff lasts, and it is the best fitness apparel on the market, hands down. I think it's inarguable. Uh, how well it works. It's got rapid copper technology in it. What's awesome about Exoskin is this stuff doesn't stink. It's got copper fibers woven into the fabric. So you can wear the same shirt, the same shorts, or the same pair of socks over and over and over again. And if you don't like doing laundry as much as me, you don't have to wash them after you wear them every single time. And they're not rank. The fabric in exoskin is channeled to move moisture away from the surface of your skin, which prevents chafing and um, skin irritation. And it's all made in America. These are good people. And they've been supporters of the 307 Podcast for a long time. So if you run, if you hike, if you mountain bike, if you work hard, and you generate sweat, go get you some exoskin. I have a feeling you're going to like it as much as I do. Support the companies that support this podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. We vet these companies and these partners on a high level, and we stand behind not only their products, but also the people who make these products and bring them to your front door. Exoskin, their website is exoskin.us. I'll attach a link in the show notes of this episode. Hope you guys enjoy this first part of our conversation today. Here it is. Boy, you know this one's going to be a doozy, huh? Well, I'd like to start it out by just saying, if y'all hadn't listened to last Wednesday's, Chili just pulled his whole mic out of the stand. If y'all hadn't listened to last Wednesday's episode, go listen to it. Chad dropped some real big wisdom 
2022 evil made its debut you're still world. talking about that dude i just want to be sure everybody knew that was the <laughs> um go listen so christy you like the americano <laughs> i do yeah Definitely. For, for those of you that don't know much about coffee, it pains me when I see someone in a coffee shop order coffee out of the little coffee canisters, the drip coffee. Mm-hmm. It pains me when I see that because I'm like, you're at a coffee shop. They have this $30,000 espresso machine that makes really good coffee. You can make drip coffee at home. So I... An Americano is espresso coffee with hot water. That's what it is. It's a different flavor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like dark coffee. It tastes uh, pretty bold. Blake's over there drinking a latte. That's my daytime coffee. I drink pour over in the morning. So a latte is a shot of espresso coffee with steamed milk on it it's mostly what women and kids drink yeah instead of regular coffee that's why i drink it i'm a kid what's up with you today chili <laughs> you seem like you're a little off today man well well even just the last 10 minutes he's been off something something yeah happened. what's going on dude tell the people you mind your own all right sounds like you're thinking about canceling something <laughs> You know, he's part of that cancel culture. Yeah, I'm thinking about freaking canceling you. God. Well, what about that workout this morning, dude? What about it? Go ahead. I thought Chili did good. Well, I asked Jeff. I said, Jeff, do you have a tube of Vagisil back there in that med kit? Because I think Chili needs a little bit around the eyes. And he said, I've got a tube back there. He said, I'll, I'll knock the dust off of it. He said, we don't generally have that condition a lot here in this gym. But he's got it there for you next time, Chili. Well, good. I got my own. I don't need him to supply it, all right? Did you did you have your salt with you? Uh-huh. All... <laughs> Krista, I Y'all was... are really pissing me off, all right? Krista, I was very impressed with, with you this morning. Man, you just stuck with it. And, you know, no one knows how old Krista is. Um, but <laughs> but she's old. I'm old. No one knows. Uh, but I was thinking this morning when I was doing that workout, I was like, I'm legitimately concerned that she might beat me. I, I, I need to really work hard here. And I just got to thinking, how many other females not old people (laughs) old females there there aren't a lot of other females out there that if i'm going head to head with them i'm legitimately concerned that they're going to beat me i mean there's a few there are a few but there ain't many and i was just thinking dang man she is tough well that was 60 pull-ups wasn't it uh yeah i guess uh i don't know 75 i think me and Krista did the workout with a 20-pound weight vest on, and you just stuck in there with those push-ups, man. I kept telling you, just be patient because I know how that feels. When those push-ups go, it's easy to get frustrated and just say, I'm going to modify these so I can get through the workout 
because you're down to just doing one rep at a time. So, bravo Zulu, Coach yeah. Krista. My personal goal was to do it all with the weighted vest, and uh, I thought I might end up modifying the push-ups because that is the hardest part, but I was halfway in, and I thought, I'm already halfway in. I haven't changed it yet, so I decided it doesn't matter how slowly I have to go. I'm going to try to do each one of these right and finish all the reps. So I met my personal goals, and that's all I cared about. I'll tell you what. This team right here has got the three specialist people on earth in this team right here. It's four of us. <laughs> Only three of them are special. Though. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm not very – I'm leaving myself out of that. Oh, okay. I'm just a deranged veteran. <laughs> the trimmers. But I'm just so proud that you guys hang out with me. Makes me so happy, man. I feel with joy this morning. And I got, I've got a lot of – I've got some stuff going on in life right now that I haven't talked to y'all about, but it's just weighing heavy on me, and you guys fill me with joy this morning, so thank y'all for that, and I think that's something that when we go in to talk about how to recover from a setback, that's one of the big things when, I, when I'll tell my story is learning to lean on the people around you who, who are there for you. You know what I mean? And um, not everybody has that, but if you don't have it, seek to build it as part of your life and community, right? Seek those people out and invest in those relationships because they'll serve you well. Because guess what? Life's going to get hard, which is going to lead me into something that I wanted to start this podcast off with. You know, Jesus was always saying these just ridiculously radical statements. And I read one the other day, and I want to share it with you guys. This this really sounded harsh to me, all right? Jesus said, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it on to eternal life. And I thought, whoa, Hate. He didn't say he didn't say those who want to go to heaven eventually are going to go on to eternal life. He said, He that hates his life in this world will keep it unto eternal life. And you know, Christ is continuously wrecking me over the last few months. And I just came to this. I guess, realization the other day, we, many of us, including myself, have got it all wrong. We've got it, what society tells. I had this this thought, we literally track the passage of time based off of the birth of a homeless Jewish man that lived on earth 2,022 years ago and he tells us, if we hate our lives on this earth, we'll keep our lives unto eternal life. That is the exact opposite of what anyone else is telling you. It's the polar freaking opposite of what you hear anywhere else. What does that actually mean? You know, I thought about this. 
I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I have, and, and I, I have grown weary of this life in this world. I've grown weary of it, man. Now, here's the thing. Why are you, why have I grown weary of this life? It's not because I'm tired of all the bull crap. It's because I have a guarantee of something infinitely better that is awaiting my arrival. And I've grown weary of it. And you know the most beautiful thing about growing weary of this life in this world? Is it sets you free from the fear of death. You no longer have this thing that is death hanging over your head. You don't care. I don't care if I die. Literally. I don't say that lightly. I don't care. Because I'm I'm weary of this. Well, that's the hope that we have. Right? Like <clears throat> if don't start that crap. <coughs> <coughs> Well, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I done ticked him off now. Uh, no, you're right, Blake. It, it's it's probably, and how this correlates, Jesus says, hate your life in this world and you shall keep it unto eternal life. Man, when you really put context behind that and you realize when you get to the place where you hate the life in this world, that that very thing is what sets you free from the 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 stress and anxiety and and this thing that is death hanging over your head you become an unstoppable force you got to get that all you got to get that fear of death off your back man you got to at least i have to but i don't know that just hit me it's it's a pretty extreme statement but i think it is true, and it's exactly the opposite. Nobody else is telling you that. What's everybody else telling you? Create the life that you love. Accumulate all this crap. Make a ton of freaking money. Y'all got anything to say about any of that before I move on? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about death lately. It can't... It, it, I don't know. It doesn't... It's not really escaped my mind. I haven't <clears throat> thought about it in the same way, but recently, I think it was three weeks ago now, a uh, 20, 21-year-old, I'm not, not even sure if, it was, if he was 20 or 21 at the time, um, distance runner, uh, cross-country and track athlete at uh, Milligan, uh, to NAIA college in Tennessee, um, was at a meet out of town running on the road with his teammates and a, uh, drunk driver, uh, hit him from behind and killed him. Uh, a few other of his teammates were hit as well and survived just with, with injuries and, I heard about it. I heard Milligan Runner struck and and killed in I think it were in Virginia at a meet out of town and and I thought, hmm, 
uh, why do things like that happen? It's every now and then that you're, you're reminded that stuff like that happens. And, and then I, I looked into it further and thought, you know, I know quite a few of them. I mean, it's just as horrible no matter who it is. And I looked and I thought, I had this weird feeling that it was this guy I knew because they got a big team, but I was like, what if that was Eli? And I look, sure enough, it was Eli Kramer. Uh, yeah, he, we were in high school, ran together, ran against. Well, I don't even know if we ever ran together, but because he, I was in Chattanooga and he was in, um, I think he, he went to Riverdale. I mean, I don't even know all the details about him. I just, I knew him like from other, you know, mutual friends, mutual people. Uh, you know, he, he would like, I, I'd talked to him several times. I mean, I just, it's not like he was my best friend or anything, but it just really struck me that it was him. He was a, he was a runner that he was a good dude. And, and he, he, was so kind to people he helped so many people get into running he reminded me of me just his his love for running reminded me of me I mean it was both of our lives you know it was it was all we did like he and I thought huh just like that your life because he didn't just die either his life was taken from him you know I mean I just, I just wanted to share that story since you brought it up and because I really, that really impacted me and I don't even have a conclusion to draw from it or coherent thoughts to, to from it. It's just, I've been thinking a lot about death lately in part because of that. And, uh, yeah, I've got more questions than I've got answers, but I just wanted to, since you brought it up, say a little bit about that just to. I, I don't know. Remember him? I don't know. You feel like you want to do something, but I don't know that you can. Um, but I think a question I've been centering on after that happened was, you know, we, we like to think that everything happens, you know, that like good can come out of that, right? But what? I mean, what what, what good came out of that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, does good come out of death sometimes? Like, you'd like to think it does, but I, I just, I'm, I struggle to think what? Mm -hmm. Like, how was that any, how was that any good? A senseless, you know, I, I, I don't know. So that's, that's what I've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. Don't have answers for it, but. So. Yeah, man. Well, of course, I've been talking a lot here lately. I don't know you guys have anything to say um, well i'll share something but i don't know if i can talk without being interrupted <laughs> so i might just not share it you got anything to share krista i'm just listening processing what we bo you both have said i think part of i think a core piece of what chili is expressing is just being awakened to death and how sometimes that can be very sudden and can be a reset and i think especially in our world we're so disconnected from death very so often because we go to the grocery store, pick up packaged food, 
We don't have to kill the animals. Mm. You know, we don't live on farms like Stacy, where she she experiences it in a very different way. Um, a lot of us are buffered from that. And uh, a lot of what we experience, suffering and death, is very sanitized in our culture and separate. And so um, stories like that wake us up, I think. And it can be very shocking, a shocking reminder. So I think... <clears throat> Part of what struck me about what Chili's sharing is just that reset, that reminder that we uh, are susceptible to that. It could happen to anybody at any moment, and the and the gravity of it, the seriousness of it. And I think what Chad what stuck out when he was speaking is the uh, paradoxical nature of so much of what Jesus said. And what, and in particular, what he said there around death and about life and what matters, what's important, um, what truly is eternal, what's going to last and what's not. And so often we, I think combining the two things you said, you know, so often we just live, walk through this life like we're sleepwalking and don't think about the gravity of it. And I think what Jesus is calling us to is saying, hey, wake up and really be intentional about life and think what matters. Think about what matters. Mm-hmm. What you think matters doesn't. That's the thing you need to die to. The things that you want to hold on to, the things that you're idolizing, you're prior, prioritizing in life that you think you can't let go of. Those are the things you need to hold with an open hand and be willing to give up and sacrifice because your eternal reward, what's actually going to matter and last, um, is not that. It's, it's something I offer you. It's something you can't gain yourself. You mm-hmm. can't you can't gather it. You can't create it. You can't gain it. You have to give it up to me, and I'll give it to you. I'll give you true life. And those things you're holding on to are actually n- not just holding you back. They're destroying you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're destroying you, right? Go ahead, Blake. <laughs> Silence on the floor. <clears throat> I would I want to say that the like the hope of heaven is that earth and the life that we have is as bad as it gets. So while it's it's bad and it can you can grow weary of it, the hope is you know that it can only get better from here. But opposite of that, the hope if you don't have the hope of heaven, then this is as good as it gets for you. And if you know this is the highest you go, and it only goes downhill from there. Imagine if you didn't have the hope of heaven and you grew weary in this life and then you knew, man, it only gets worse from here. This is pretty bad and it only gets worse from here. And so to me, that's the hope of heaven. And similar to what Chad shared, this is in John. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And he's he's talking to Martha here, but you know Chad talk, says all the time that I can't die, I can't die, and I think people don't uh, maybe I don't know if they think that's biblical or realize it's biblical, but Jesus says it. He says, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. It's John eleven twenty six. Yes, thank you for sharing that, Blake. It's beautiful. Ultimately, Jesus asks you to hate your life in this world sounds so rough but he's saying that because you cannot possibly be set free 
from this impending doom of death if you're clinging to anything, any aspect of your life on this world as something that has ultimate meaning or matter. You just can't. You can't. If there's something you love about this life, you're 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 gonna you're that that the anxiety of it ending, the impending anxiety of it ending is always going to remain. Chili asks, "What good can come out of death?" You know, I've lost a lot of friends in similar ways. Chili people that weren't my best friends, but good acquaintances, guys I worked with, and they're there one day and they're gone the next day, and um, it feels really weird and i agree with you we can sit around and we can bullcrap each other and we can say oh something good's gonna come out of that ultimately might not might not nothing good on this earth might come out of that but there is something good that comes out of death and this is this is this is one of my favorite verses in the bible for we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, is dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hand, eternal in the heavens. If you can't find anything good that comes from the death of a believer or a child of God, look at this verse and understand that this earthly tent has been dissolved and this person is immediately in the presence of Christ. That's a good thing. Departing the tent is uncomfortable for me. When I'm out on the basic course, you're all cozy. We're all cozy in our tents right now, right? This is all we've ever known is this earthly tabernacle that we're living in. This is all we've ever known. You're all cozy in here. You don't want to depart. But once this thing is dissolved, you have you come into your inheritance, your guarantee, your eternal reward. And if you can't find anything else good that comes out of death, y'all know, if y'all are still around when I die, y'all better lift up your hands and rejoice. I don't care how I die, because let me tell you, Joker finally got me out the tent. <laughs> that transition might be a little rough, but ultimately, praise God. Now, I want to go on real quick, and then we're going to make a transition in this conversation. I want to tell you all one of my number one problems, one of the things that I struggle with the most in my current life. See, y'all think all this running and fitness and 100-mile races and hard workouts, and y'all think all this crap is hard. It ain't. I don't struggle with it at all. I run because I want to run. We PT'd this morning because I want to PT this morning. Let me tell you one of the hardest things that I deal with. Krista alluded to it just a little bit ago. When she talked about those things that we are clinging to 
here in our earthly life, and, and I made the comment that those things are actually destroying you. The world tells you to create a life where you can do what you want to do. Create a life and accumulate enough wealth and enough possessions and enough things and enough time where you can do what you want to do. The world tells you every motivational speaker, preacher, whoever it is, this is what they're telling you to do, right? Well, I've done that. I don't know if y'all understand or not that are listening here, but I have everything that I want or need. I mean everything. Every need I have has been met. Some of them 10, 20, 100x what I could have ever imagined. Okay? I have created a life where I can do whatever I want and there's no consequences. I don't have kids. Really, I mean, it's just is it, it is what it is. I, I have a retirement. I have a place to live. I, all my needs are met. And let me tell y'all what my number one problem is. I've been doing too much of what I want to do. And it's destroying me. That's why I alluded to that earlier. And you know where I realized this? Last night, this might sound stupid to y'all. I was laying on the kitchen floor petting the dogs. It was late. I just got done in the sauna, super relaxed, super chill, ate a big dinner. All right. I look up at the sink. The sink was full of dishes. And I said, you know what? I don't want to wash them dishes tonight. Day's done. I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? There's no consequence to that. None at all. Other than the dishes just keep piling up. Right? And you know what I said to myself? I said, I don't want to wash them dishes. And then I immediately afterwards, I thought, you know what, Chad? Screw what you want. You know what needs to be done. And just because there's no consequence to you not doing it, you're continuously making the freaking choice just to do what you want. Well, eventually, those, I say there's no consequences, but the repercussions for me doing what I want just keep building up. And eventually, you have to face the freaking mountain of dishes in the sink. Or everything in shuts down. You can't even cook anymore. Because you ain't got no clean dishes. So I put things off and I do what Chad wants to do because that's the life I've created. And I do that for long enough until eventually I'm faced with this pile of freaking crap in front of me that I got to deal with. So all these people out here that are telling you to build this freaking life that's free of care, to build all this wealth, to build all these things, to to, to, all these people that are telling you to do this, if you do that and you forget what it was like when you didn't have that freaking luxury, 
and you forget what it was like to live in a place where there was consequences for you not doing what needed to be done when it needed to be done, regardless of your feelings, it will destroy you. So take all that freaking motivation that everybody's sending your way with a grain of salt, man. Let me tell you the healthiest I ever was mentally in my entire life when I was in BUDS, when I was in SEAL training. And you had to do what needed to be done every second of every day. And it didn't make two freaking craps how you felt about it. And if you didn't do it, you were gone. That sounds like a lot of work. But that's the healthiest I've ever been mentally in my life. So I just want to share that with y'all. It's called hedonism. Serving your own desires, right? I know you guys, you guys are special people. I don't know if y'all can relate to that at all. But for me, I realize that's one of my number one problems. Well, you know, my theory of uh, theory of desires, we'll call it, is that you inevitably do what you want to do most, right? So, you know, he, I've described this many times, and sometimes it's hard for me to, I don't think people understand what I'm trying to say, but, you know, you didn't want to clean them. If you did decide to, it would be because you didn't want to deal with the repercussions. You know, you wanted that more, but... Um, this whole idea of trying, just aiming at nothing other than your own desires and not doing anything, bringing yourself into subjection. Yeah, it's, it's meaningless. I don't think you can do something meaningful if you're doing that because you're completely ignoring uh, needs in the world. Uh, you're completely ignoring other people. It's extremely selfish. So yeah, I can relate to it. Yeah, because I'm freaking selfish. I, I'm gonna. I love that chili, and I'm gonna tell you right now, what we went out and did this morning. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come back here and record a freaking podcast. You know, it's time for me to freaking fix myself, man. Because let me tell you, it doesn't all. Someone that is being selfish. And only doing what they want, it doesn't always look like that person is a lazy person. Mm-hmm. It could look like to you that that person is a very disciplined, hardworking individual that accomplishes a lot. That's what it could look like from the outside. I've had this realization before when I really, when I made the switch from working in construction to coming to 307 and we made some money off our house. We paid off all our debt. Now I have a job that I can work whenever I want. And I had a lot of freedom. And I came across a verse in the Bible. And it says, But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one, of them, one another humbly in love. And, and I, it hit me like, that's what I was doing. I was using that freedom that I had gained, whether it's financial freedom, freedom of time, even freedom in your, in your physical body. If you are physically fit, you can't use that freedom to indulge the flesh and gorge yourself and become... You can be a glutton and not be fat. Yeah. 
You can be a glutton for sugar and not be fat or whatever it is because you work out a lot and you indulge the flesh. So it hit me pretty hard that I was using the freedoms that I had to indulge the flesh, to indulge the things that I wanted to do. And like Chad said, that doesn't look like you're a a lazy person or a bad person a lot of times, but if it's what you want to do, if you're doing it because it's what you want to do, then you're indulging the flesh and, and you can take it as far as you want. You think, all right, I have freedom and money. What what am I now that I don't have any debt and I've got some money in the savings account, what am I spending my money on? Am I just buying things now that I want that are gonna indulge my flesh, or has God given me the freedom financially or time or or physically so that I can now serve people on a higher level? Because that's what it says. It says Amen, you should brother. serve each other humbly in love when you gain freedom. And that it's out of it's out of selfishness is what it is. So I can relate to it. Amen, brother. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, when I said what we did this morning wasn't what I wanted to do. I'm not talking about the PT. I wanted to PT. Right? Well, but that's what most people would look at is what what we did hard this morning. No, that's what I wanted to freaking do, man. And it you know, I think when I why I say you end up doing what you want to do most is because I literally think that's true. It's just your desires have to change. Something has to change your desire to want to serve God and serve others most because then that's what you'll do. So what you know, what triggers that shift to want to serve yourself and then wanting to serve God and serve others more than you want to serve yourself? Some, some t- somehow a shift has to occur, and you're describing how that shift is kind of occurring in you right now, but what's even sparking that? It's hard to know. Dude. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's just the Holy Spirit just wrecking me, dude. I mean, it can't be, that can't really be us even. No. I think the Holy Spirit. And then I also think the more time we meditate on and spend time uh, in Scripture and in relationship with Jesus, I think for me, that's usually the thing that has the most impact because I feel compelled by that to to interact with people in different ways so the when i experience god's mercy i'm compelled to be merciful to others when i experience um things from or, or even just meditating on stories that that um where jesus is living his life and i encounter that and i am aware of the gospel in my life and and what has been done for me, what's been given to me, that's what compels me to get outside of myself and relate differently is actually interacting with the gospel. And I think we think of the gospel often as this kind of one-time thing, one and done. You know, did you accept the gospel? Did you pray? And, you know, <laughs> and, and then now I'm saved. But it's a daily moment-to-moment thing. Like, we're never done with the gospel. Like, and... It's not like this uh, membership that you purchase and now you're in and you don't, you don't have to. It's, it's, it's part of who you are. It's the essence of being. And when you're walking with Christ, it should be constantly impacting you and transforming you. you know? so, so the Holy Spirit is working in your life and your, your conscience is working and you're feeling convicted and things are being revealed lights being shined uh, shown on different parts of your heart that you'd never seen before and 
the gospel is working, it's living, it's active in your life. And, and those are the things I think that change me and compel me to live differently and, and really does bring me outside of myself. You know what it is, man? It's dying to yourself. And the whole conversation we had at the beginning about death, I think it goes hand in hand. I think it may be why you're feeling both ways is because you have to literally die to yourself. And that that may be just as transformational, uncomfortable as a physical death. It's literally like yes. like mm-hmm. burning off flesh. Daily. And it, Daily. It's not like you Dying burn it to off yourself. and it's done. Yeah, yeah it's like right. you can almost smell it. It's like just burning something in you, burning in a fire, dying. It's like physical death. Yep. It it ha- and, and to die to self, at least for some of us that are hard headed, it's got to get rough. I mean, you 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 got to come to the end of your own strength. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall unto the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth. Much fruit. <laughs> if it dies. Come on, son. How in the world did this freak, this homeless Jewish man that was God in the flesh, he came down here and he told us stuff that is exactly the opposite of what everyone else is telling you, and it actually works. And it doesn't matter who you are. That's... You know, it's by no accident that it was a homeless Jewish man. If God is in you, you can do, if you take that, you can do whatever for God. Like, you know, people think you have to have this podcast platform or have this channel or this platform to be able to do it. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And by the way, somebody mentioned there's no evidence. He said there's no evidence in the gospel that Jesus was homeless. I said, well, is the evidence not enough that he himself said he was homeless? <laughs> he himself said, I have nowhere to lay my head. Yeah. We see where he went. He lived in, in the woods, man. Hey, is it, okay, you must have missed that part, buddy. Yeah. Um. All right. We're going to transition this conversation and talk about how to come back or how to recover from a setback. I'm really interested to hear what Coach Krista has to say about this. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. 